0: Welcome to the Gunner Ramble, a Gunner's World podcast. No gimmicks, no satire, just a little bit arsenal. Hello, good evening, and welcome once again to the Gunner Ramble with your host, Jizza. On tonight's show, I'm joined by. uh, callum and leo d and a special guest from arsenal america we've got uh, the canade the calgary Gooner, rick breeze good evening rick
1: good evening how are
0: you not too bad nice of you to join us um thank
1: you very much for inviting
2: me
0: no no problem how are you doing Callum?
2: yeah not bad thank you
0: good stuff and uh, leo as well
2: Oh, couldn't be better
0: good stuff good stuff <laughs> all right so um, as i was saying we've got we've got rick on 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 the lines here um you are an active member of uh, Arsenal America, uh, with uh, quite a big following all across uh, uh, North America and Canada. Um, can you tell us the, the the origins of of Arsenal America and uh, what you're all about, basically?
1: Sure. Um, so Arsenal America started in two thousand and one uh, when we realised that you know in reality there was no supporters' club for Arsenal. Um, the game started getting shown on American television on cable. Um, and people started thinking, well, we, you know, let's get together and, and meet in pubs. And that's really where it came from. So it was a kind of a, a community that grew from an online soccer forum called BigSoccer.com. Mm-hmm. And that community grew um, from our founders, Rick Liebling and Andrew Layden, into Arsenal America. Um, which, by kind of the mid two thousands, had a good one and a half, two and a half thousand paying members who were just, you know, really passionate about, you know, talking about Arsenal, looking at Arsenal, um, and it ended up with in two thousand six, two thousand seven, we were sending thirty to forty people every game to uh, to the ground.
0: Right. Okay. Um, uh, Leo, you're you're over there in in, in the US. Um, huh. Um, well, have you? Uh, what, what are you familiar with any of the some of the the Arsenal supporters groups in in your in your area of America? I am,
3: and I've bumped into a few of them here and there, just going out to uh, catch games or matches in the pub. Um, I kind of live in an area that's disconnected from any urban center. You know, it takes me probably forty five minutes to an hour to drive to to Cleveland. I live, you know, quite a bit outside of it, so I have never joined mm-hmm. officially but I am aware and familiar with what they've done. And I know that they've been in, I think Cleveland's one of the uh, <clears throat> the younger chapters, but they've been in Columbus, which is about 100 miles south of me, for quite a while now. And uh, I actually went down there probably five or six years ago to catch an FA Cup match that wasn't on TV except for pay-per-view. And uh, that was actually the closest club I could find or uh, pub I could find to go watch the game. So I drove all the way down there on a saturday morning just to watch the arsenal and ran into probably half a dozen so or so people that were up at 10 a.m in the pub drinking watching football mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a great weekend
0: yeah
3: cool. i have to say i didn't realize you, this sounds kind of it's gonna sound very silly
2: but i didn't realize you had pubs in america well, oh, yeah, I, thought, I, thought I thought it was, it was just expats. i thought it was
1: sport, sports bars and that, that was it well you know there are. A lot of them are sports bars, and a lot of them are you know you're kind of like your bars, like you know you would get TGI Fridays in London, etc. So mm-hmm. it's kind of those kind of takeoffs. But there are a lot of neighbourhood pubs as well. Um, I mean, we we've got some really great ones like Chicago, the Globe um, in Philadelphia, um, in New York, the Blind Pig. Blind Pig's a famous um, one, isn't it? I and in mean, Calgary, we've got the Pig and Duke. Mm-hmm um a lot of pigs there that's quite interesting yeah. uh, but uh, there's actually like a lot of neighborhood pubs and yeah, you know, to be honest with them a, a lot of them are owned by sort of expats and stuff and yeah. you know they're all football fans and so, and so that's really where the pubs are around is mm. the is the expat community
0: sure and what do you do how do you go about trying to bring in new members that are probably not as near to um Arsenal groups, so you know they, they don't have as the easy access or or amenable access to to supporter support groups. how do you kind of keep them in the loop
1: so a lot of it's done by social media um we have uh twitter accounts arsenal america um and then each branch has a twitter account each branch has an email um each branch has a has a facebook community page as well um, so a, a lot of it's done by that and then also on arsenal.com and this has really helped us. Um, and I, I'd like to give a bit of a shout-out to Kevin Mooney, mm-hmm. who is the uh, one of the American editors on Arsenal.com. He's been absolutely fantastic in giving a lot of coverage to the branches um, and making sure that each branch is represented with the pub that people go to, with their Twitter account, with their Facebook account. If you go to Arsenal.com slash USA, you'll see all the Arsenal America branches listed, and then the Canadian ones underneath that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it, it's really good how Arsenal have kind of realised that there is a lot of support in America. Um, it's one of the biggest uh, sort of fan bases that are growing right now. And, yeah, it's a young community of soccer fans. I say soccer with a big lump in my throat, obviously. <laughs> but... Um, you know, it's um, it's really growing the MLS here. David Beckham coming over that that was a big help. It really was, um, and
0: really, it's, it's growing. Mm-hmm. And Thierry Henry also coming over to MLS. Probably, exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of players, and and Henri's actually been really good with Arsenal groups as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's taken his time out now. I think six or seven occasions he's met Arsenal groups where wherever New York Red Bulls have played. He, he's come and sort of signed stuff, posed with the flag. Mm-hmm. He's spent time in bars with us. You know, he's been great in promoting Arsenal America. Um, as has Danny Carbassion, who right. is the only American to ever actually score for Arsenal. That's right, Man right.
0: City, wasn't it? Awesome, was Man it? City yeah. League Cup. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But he does right. the soccer without limits, is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Danny Danny's actually the um, honourable president of Arsenal America, mm. um, and he came out to a couple of events in two thousand eight when we brought the replica FA Cup over, um, and we toured that across America. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, we we had sort of five six hundred people at various events across the states. So we did thirteen different states in in two weeks, and people were great. And I think the club really realised how much of a fan base we you know we have
0: here
1: mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it's just America I think football's going everywhere you look at Vietnam over the tour and
0: you, you yeah.
1: know that kid that ran after the bus for I mean, miles fantastic. yeah
0: <laughs> exactly exactly um, so um, in terms of um, getting tickets for for your uh, members who want to come over to, to England to to watch a game what's, what's how do you go about that?
1: So because we're an official supporters group, the club gives us an allocation, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, so as long as people apply 10 weeks before the game, which are the club's, the club's regulations, and they're a fully paid up member of Arsenal America, um, then we can ask for tickets for them. Now obviously for the bigger games, Chelsea, Man U, um, Tottenham, Scum, um, you know, a few others, it, it's a lot harder to get yeah. tickets for those. But generally we're able to. Um, and with the sort of the new reorganization of Arsenal America um you know we're bringing in some away tickets and we're able to get some tickets for some of the champions League away games for people oh. um which has it has been great a lot of our members are very appreciative mm-hmm. of it and and to be honest with you a lot of the sports clubs in England are helping us because they realize that the you know people here just want to go and see a game they don't want to buy a for tout. they don't want to buy you know pay 300 pounds over a ticket face yeah, value yeah so you know the supporters clubs have been great in helping us as well
0: cool uh, do these um these i suppose is it a part of a member pack that they get or whatever i mean does it does that include accommodation i mean do they just pay, are they paying for the ticket and then they have to make their own way or is there some sort of like a traveling club or something uh, how does that so, so work what out?
1: we do we do a road trip mm. each year um where we kind of take 30 people to a specific two games that we set up with arsenal mm. um and in that time, we do a, a tour of the stadium. Um, we, we usually try and get in a five-a-side game against either the, the Hertfordshire Gooners. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try and set up one with the Dover Gooners this year, um, who are you know very good friends to us. Um, and then we try and do sort of a tour of a curry house, a fish and chip place, mm-hmm. putting in an away game as well, you know, do, do it properly uh, yeah. and do a proper kind of like group package. Mm-hmm. Um but on all the other games, it, it unfortunately, because people fly from all over the states, mm. trying to get people together in terms of the timing of flights is quite difficult. So we usually arrange just for them to show up, um, go do get their tickets. And then uh, there's some personal friends of mine from, you know, who sit with our, me and my old season tickets mm. um, and have helped get us tickets as well. So they go to the Eaglet pub. Um, maybe down the Arsenal Tavern, yeah. um, and then the Woodbine afterwards. So you know, oh. we we tell them where to go, Good. people who to meet up with, so they get a real kind of matchday experience.
0: Great stuff, great stuff. Okay, so is, is there any uh, other bits of uh, information that you want to impart? Um, well,
1: I, one of the things I really wanted to say was, I'm sure sort of everyone here has heard about the Gooner on the Road. Yeah. Um, you know, Peter Anderson is. Been fantastic, you know. Trying to find out if he can see a live game for the whole season somewhere around the world, mm-hmm. um, and the guys, you know, all around America have really taken to this. There's been a lot of money raised for charity, um, and I think it's uh, it's been really good. And it's shown that sort of Arsenal fans all over the world, you know, can come together. Um, this Sunday in the uh, the Man U game, uh, Peter's going to be in the old ship in uh, in OC, which is Orange County near Los Angeles. Um, They're expecting three to four hundred people and the old ship have uh, said that they're going to donate 10% of all the profits that they make um, to Peter's charity. Um, Arsenal have donated a signed photo which is going to be framed to be raffled. Um, There's going to be an Ozil shirt. Which obviously was quite difficult to get because it mm. seemed that anything with Ozil on the name was a, a backlog. Yeah. Um, and there's there uh, there's going to be some scarves and other charity raffles as well, and all the proceeds are going to be going to Peter's charity.
0: Great stuff. I know it's a great cause, um, and uh, I, I've, I've been following him on, on on Twitter as well. And he's, he's you know he's, he's basically met with, with so much love over there in America everywhere he's been, and 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 the other parts of the world that he's been to as well. So um, yeah, hope so. hopefully he he meets his target. I'm sure he will. Um, okay, right. So let's move on to um, the Liverpool's game. The Liverpool game on Saturday Saturday evening. Um, going into the game, we came off the back of a, a, a two nil defeat at the hands of uh, Chelsea Chelsea's second team, as everyone wanted to was was so quickly point point out to us in the uh, credit card cup. Um, what were your feelings going into the game, uh, Leo?
3: Well, uh, last week on the show, I think I uh, said that I expected the game to be uh, hard fought. I think I even predicted a draw. I saw Liverpool coming out and really trying to you know, knock us back on our heels the first 15 minutes. And for the first 15 minutes, I was right, because up until the goal, I think that uh, the flow of the game was definitely against us, and we scored against, uh, you know, prevailing winds so to say, and uh, we were able to go up 1-0, and I think after that, we kind of settled in and really controlled the majority of the match from there forward, and then uh, wound up getting that second goal to kind of kill it off, and that was uh, unexpected in a way, but uh, man, three points, there's nothing more you can ask for. Mm
0: -hmm. Kevin, how, how did you view the game? So. Yeah, I
3: mean,
2: I was absolutely delighted. I think going into the game, uh, I was—I mean, I was, I was so nervous. But I think that was mainly due to the fact that we've been on this great run, and you all kind of—you kind of expect it to come. You know, when we come up against the big team, you—the part inside that, you know, the part of you that's seen us have these horrible defeats and stuff over the years, kind of expects you for it to happen again. But I think you know, Liverpool flattered to deceive a little bit this season because uh, you know they—they they had done very well in the first half of games, and then faded away. And, and really, I think what we exposed was that they have two great strikers, of course, but without those two, without Sturridge and Suarez being on top form, which luckily for us, um, for us, they weren't, they don't, they're not particularly, um, a particularly good creative force. And I think it was, I mean, you could, you, I, I don't know about you guys, but I barely even saw Gerrard on the pitch for most of the game. I mean, it seemed to absolutely pass it by and our midfield just completely dominated the game. And, and even though it wasn't completely emphatic, we did enough really to, um, Just to win the game, you know, we scored two fantastic goals. Um, and Murtisaka and Kashoni were absolutely superb. You know, obviously, when you're playing against strikers as good as Suarez and Sturridge, they are going to have chances, but thankfully, we didn't take them. But all in all, I think we really kind of brought Liverpool back down to earth. And I think we, I mean, people are still saying Liverpool now we've beaten them, they're not that big a team anymore. But, um, I think it was our best result the season up to that point, anyway.
0: But, um, yeah, I was
2: absolutely delighted.
0: And and Rick, um, what was your what's your uh, what was your reflections or or your, your hopes and fears going into the game should I say
1: well going into the game I mean uh, obviously you look at match of the day and, uh, and good old Alan Shearer and Danny <laughs> Murphy yeah. you know every single weekend Gary Lineker says to them have Arsenal got a chance of winning the league and every single time Shearer responds with they haven't played a big team and, and you know you've got to take that into consideration you know we hadn't. I mean, let's face it, you know, our near neighbours in North London are not exactly a big team, so, you know, we can't put them in that bracket. Liverpool were our biggest test, and I, I think any Arsenal fan would be going into that game, therefore going, right, well, this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a let's try and make sure we get either a 1 0 or, you know, we might even be happy with a draw. But to go out there, and, and as you absolutely agree, say, sorry, as you actually said, you know, Gerard. He was missing. He he wasn't there at all. Um, our midfield just dominates everything right now. Looking at Riziki and Ramsey, the way they play off each other, and Ozil, obviously, as well, I, I really think we're going to be a tough team to beat. And and Liverpool was the first real test we've had this season um, where we came up against real talent. Because Suarez is a talent. You know, Arsenal tried to buy him in the summer. He He's a great player. And he was quiet. And you're right, they did have a couple of chances. But... It was nothing. It was nothing that Murata and Kazelny couldn't
0: handle. Mm-hmm. Um, my 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 expectations going into the game, where well, I was I was confident as long as we could keep a handle on Sturridge and Suarez. I I actually thought that they might get more chances, than they actually did in The game, you know, um, and looking at the game, I thought it was our best performance since the Napoli. It was it re- it was rem- for me. It was reminiscent of the Nap- Napoli game, like you know it seemed as though you know there was they all came together and decided all right this is the moment we're going to show we're going to show everyone what we're, what we're made about um as you said as everyone said you know gerard was never in the game um liverpool's uh, brendan rogers is famed uh, fluid formations of 532 or 352 that's just just imploded basically and we started out on, on fire and uh, we didn't let up for basically most of the game um it was impressive to see because Chelsea only in keep um keep Suarez and, and Sturridge, um Sturridge uh, fret that down buckets. to a minimum. You know, I, I think was it? I don't know if they had a shot in the. They must have had a shot in the first. I, I think they might have had a shot in the first. I half think five.
1: Sturridge had a shot across goal. Yeah, that was about it. And that was about
0: and I think it. Nothing too threatening anyway. Like yeah, one. yeah. You know, and um, you know, I was just I was just so impressed by the performance. You know, um, it's. Uh, uh, I couldn't have hoped for I couldn't have hoped for a better outcome, really. Um, and
2: what, what I loved about the game was that you know obviously everyone talking about Ramsey's incredible goal and rightly so because he's being such great form, but it was all the players that perhaps don't get all the credit that played so well in that game. I mean Sanya was superb. Um, you mentioned Koscielny and Murtasaka, both of them were brilliant, and also Tomasz Rositzky I think had his best game of the season. He was absolutely everywhere, throwing himself into tackles uh, as he did against Dortmund as well. And uh, I absolutely, I just that game reminded me, uh, and also of course of as well was brilliant. Um, but that game reminded me of why I absolutely love Rosicki, because he is. Whilst we love Ertzol for playing that kind of languid, floaty style across the pitch, and he looks so calm and effortless, I still love seeing Rosicki drive at a defence and get stuck into these tackles. And, I mean, there was everyone on the pitch played brilliantly that day. It was it was absolutely superb. It
0: was a great performance. It was a great performance. Okay, so um, to be honest, I can't even remember much about Saturday's performance because I'm so I'm still so charged uh, with uh, what what we saw last night. Move on to uh, last night's game, um, and going into I think for me going into last night's game, you know, as you as you guys are saying, every team we've beaten this season that was supposed to be a big team were downgraded. You know, um, Napoli before we met them were a were a big team. They had um, you know Callahan and Higuain who we failed to get, and so on and so forth. Tottenham with the hundred and ten million they spent. Once, once we'd beaten them, they were downgraded. Going into the Dortmund game, um, you know, we were pretty much outsiders, especially after you know what they you know, how they they smashed and grabbed us um, in in the first game. So going into last night's game, I was I was quietly I was quietly cautious. I saw I saw odds on Betfred for uh, four to one for a, an away victory, and I did think about putting some money on it because I was I did think that we 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 stood a chance, um, and. First half, I was sitting on the seat of my pants. You know, I was running the seat of my pants. The the, the defense we, we rocked, we creaked, but we never we were never quite breached. Um, I think I, saw, I remember one occasion, uh, cause, uh, Chesney getting down low to his his right to palm away a, a, a header from a set piece or something like that. Um, and it seemed like we were sort of playing some sort of rope-a-dope style in the first half. We were sort of like trying to absorb as much pressure as we could, and then. I was waiting for the moment that that, that we attack, but I don't think we actually set up a proper attack in the first half.
2: We didn't uh, have one shot, no. So yeah. I don't think until Ramsey's header. We didn't have a shot.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, how did you how did you view the first half, Cal? I mean, you... I mean,
2: I remember when it was nil-nil at halftime. A lot of people were saying we played awful, blah 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 blah. But I think what we did really well was, I mean, as opposed to the Liverpool game where we knew we were the better side and we kind of exerted that dominance throughout the match. We went into this game knowing that. If we tried to, I mean, the Arsenal of old, I think, would have just tried to play like we always do. And if it doesn't work, we'll get caught out and we'll lose and so be it. But we went into that game, you know, really with a plan to stop Dortmund playing. And even though we didn't create any chances, I was very pleased with the way that we nullified Dortmund. I mean, you can't stop them from having chances because they're such a great team. But they certainly didn't create an awful lot. And you could see Lewandowski getting more frustrated as the game went on. Um, So that first half, I actually wasn't, too worried about because I thought we did a great defensive performance and in the second half you know the game would open up Um, but it was funny as soon as we got the goal the game opened up we suddenly looked a hell of a lot better once we scored Mm. Um, but then after we scored we just shut it down again it was it was um, I mean we we rode our luck no doubt you know on another day I'd say I could have seen red but Mm. I think we you know we came away from the, the first game feeling like we didn't deserve to lose Dortmund probably felt the same tonight so I think over the two legs I think we deserve that
0: win Yeah um, um, uh, Leo um, what did you make of uh, the, the, the performance as a whole <laughs> over the whole piece and especially what did you make of um, uh, um, the the, mid, the midfield um, Ramsey Edzil and and, and Well I
3: think one thing you know building off of what Colum said about how people were saying that after the first half we looked like we were playing like shit I think one thing that needs to be said is that maybe it's more that we're not used to watching Arsenal play that style. Mm. You know, we're not used to seeing Arsenal under Wenger go out there and sit back and absorb the pressure from the other team for such long periods of time without That's really true. making a you know a real press into the other team's half. And I for one am I'm happy to see that, you know, this squad is capable of doing that because that gives us another dimension to our game that when you know we're going on the road against teams like Dorman. We can go get through long spells of pressure without breaking. You know, we haven't seen that in recent years, you know, and, and even this season we've had times where we've kind of, you know, cracked a little bit and had mental lapses, a couple of mistakes that, you know, we've kept to a, a minimum compared to last year, but we've been giving up that customary one goal. I think we've had four or five shutouts this year to date, uh, most of them in Europe, I think two in the league. We have the outs in the big games as well. Yeah, I mean,
2: exactly. I mean, up, I mean, up to of course the Dortmund game, Liverpool uh, and Spurs, we beat to nil. I mean, we've conceded goals against Fulham and Sunderland, but in the real big, I mean, obviously we've lost to Dortmund and in, in, in the home game. But we beat Napoli 2-0 as well. I didn't mean, we? in our four best wins this season, we've mm. done everyone to nil, and I mm. think that in the big games when the pressure really tells, you know, when we've got a lot to do, I think the the defense really stands up and mm. they're just getting better every game.
0: Um, Rick. um you know uh, Jurgen Klopp made a he's a very funny guy he's obviously a very talented manager but uh, in the pre-match build up he was saying that you know uh, Arsenal play that sort of silent music the orchestral music Whereas he, he he likes his brash fresh, metal sort of Metallica style football boom 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 um,
1: and, and I really liked Arsene's response mm-hmm. in the press conference at the end of the game yesterday when he said well we didn't play heavy metal we played light metal yeah. and, and I thought that was that that was really kind of you know it was a good Wenger response. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think a cheeky grin. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think yesterday that um, it was really important when you look at the influence that Steve Boulders had on the squad. I know that you know we we used to concede goals, we used to make silly mistakes in defence. Um, yesterday we had to play a completely different way than you know the Arsenal against Liverpool. It was a different style of play. It was as simple as that. We used different tactics. It was a much more defensive play. It was a much more aggressive play. In reality, I think every Arsenal fan could hold their hand up and say, when Arteta went and you pulled that guy, whoever it was, back in the second half, everyone kind of had their hands over their mouths going, oh my goodness, is he getting another yellow here? Mm. We we played a lot more aggressive, but it, it worked. It was it was a much more... I, I don't I don't know how to really describe it but it was it was an arsenal of old. It was an arsenal that really were digging in and were making sure that they just ground out a result mm. and were just gonna take a chance where they got it and, and that's exactly what happened with, with Aaron. Mm. Um, as if George I, Graham was back on the touchline. Mm-hmm. It, it really was and it was like the old it really was like the old days, you know, when you had Dixon and Parla and mm. you think back to nineteen eighty nine at Anfield, you know you, you, that was a grinding out result. Yeah, that was a, you know, a tenacious Arsenal who they knew exactly what they had to do. They went in at half time. Everyone doubted them. Mm. They came out in the second half, and this is what happened. Yeah. And, and that's where I really relate it. You know, mm. you look at that second half in Anfield in '89. You look mm. at the second half last night. Very, very similar games. Mm. And it was a midfielder that came through, someone who was being criticised the year before. Mm. I mean, it's. There's
0: a lot of similarities. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got to. I've got to say, um, every time I see um, uh, Flamini play, I think, well, I don't know. I don't know if Arteta can do the same job here. You know, uh, uh, Flamini, since he's come back, has been the player we've missed since he since he left. You know, and when he went out with concussion uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, Arteta's done an admirable job, but he's not really a defensive midfield. I was going into last night's match thinking, well, how's he going to, how's he going to look after, you know, how's he going to take care of the whole, you know, of Marco Royce? And then, was on Saturday as well, how's he going to cope with, um, the deep threat of, um, you know, the, the, the deep threats of, uh, from, um, the, the SAS? But in both games, he was absolutely fantastic. You nice. know, uh, people have said in the past that, you know, Arteta coming in, he kind of slows the game down. Um, he's obviously a very technical uh, footballer, he's a great thinker on the ball, but I think last night he really really showed that kind of tenacity. Um, It it was almost Mark Van Bommelish for me, in terms of how he really really kind of towed the line between what was legal and what was, you know, ordering on illegal. And I wonder if he wasn't the captain, would he have got away with so many... You know, fouls because he I mean, he really was putting his foot in and and whatnot at crucial moments. Whereas in the past, we wouldn't have had somebody you know in the, right, in the last five years we wouldn't have had anybody in there doing doing what he did. I mean, obviously everyone knows that Song didn't like being the, the defensive midfielder that he was earmarked to do, and Diaby oh, is uh, you know he, he doesn't follow instruction anyway. Um, you know, so having Arteta in there last night and just watching the way he played, uh, I was. I, I, I was I was I was just you know I was in I was in I was in awe of his performance because, like I say you know one minute you're watching Flamini and you think oh, well you know I don't know how Arteta's going to get back and then you see Arteta and you're thinking well it's a great problem to have having both yeah, of them yeah. there they bring different qualities to the to to proceedings. But, um, we, we
1: have such a, an amount of phenomenal midfielders right now and I. I think it's really great because a lot of people talk about Arsenal's squad depth and, mm. and you look at our midfield, we, we probably have seven or eight midfielders who most teams in the Premiership would love to take. Mm. Uh, you know, Remember, we've still got Walcott, we've still got um, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain mm. uh, and where do you fit Podolsky in as yeah. well? These are all good international players mm. who have done so much for us and I, I, I think we've got... Riches, we've got you know embarrassment of riches in midfield. I really do right
2: now, mm,
0: mm.
1: especially with Naby coming on the scene as well.
2: Because,
0: exactly.
2: You know, I thought we had a great midfield, um, but you know when the chanter window shut and Naby's come in, and suddenly a lot of people were calling for him to start against Dortmund. You know, he, he's been that impressive since he came in. Exactly. Um, so I've, I've I've always thought we've had a great midfield, but mm. adding Flamini and Ersal in, in the summer has really taken us to a, a new level, and obviously with Ramsey playing five times the player he was a year ago. Mm. We really, I honestly think we have the best midfield in the league and, mm. and one of the best in Europe. I think it's it's enviable mm-hmm. to, for any team, really. Mm-hmm.
3: And I have young players like uh, of fancy. but, you know, when you're as thin up top and in the back as we are, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have depth somewhere, right? right. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And also, the thing is, obviously people, every week
2: we hear, oh, Shiru gets injured, we're in trouble, and it's like, yeah, we know. But um, once... I mean, once <laughs> it's kind of been said so many times and obviously, um, Ben, Ben is no good, but, um, I mean, <laughs> Podolsky, I think, I mean, uh, when's once Podolsky, but hopefully Giroud will stay fit till January and it might happen, you know, what might happen is we get to January cause people keep saying we won't win. That's one of the reasons we are constantly hear about us not being the contenders is because we haven't got, um, enough depth up front. We could feasibly get to January with Giroud staying fit. I mean, I'd say there's there's a more chance of that happening than him getting injured, touch wood. Um, and then we could buy a striker in January and suddenly we're looking good. And also, you know, when we're, I think Podolski, he isn't anywhere near as effective as Giroud, but once he's fit and if Giroud were to pick up an injury or need resting, Podolski can do a job up front. Mm. You know, obviously, we'd, we'd rather a, a proper out-and-out striker come into the club in January, but mm. I honestly think Podolski would be a perfectly adequate replacement for a few games I mean, obviously providing this he comes back relatively soon and um but I it's one of these things where if we if Giroud doesn't get injured we have nothing to worry about or if he has a massive drop of the form perhaps but so I I think it's a it's it's a bit of a cop out I think people keep using that reason for why we won't win the league or aren't contenders. I mean to be honest I mean, we've got so many <laughs> so many quality midfielders and obviously with Walcott's comeback back and Podolsky, you think, well, we've got goals coming from all over the midfield so we don't really even need a striker that's going to score twenty-five goals, and I think Giroud probably will do that. But so many goals in that midfield.
0: Mm. Uh, it's it's interesting that um, you know people keep talking about. it. But what's it, What I like about the team is, that even despite the injuries, we've got a strong spine from mm. the goalkeeper who's been mightily impressive this season. To the back to the centre, who are keeping Vermaelen out, to the holding midfielders, uh, and whether you play Kazula or Azil. In the number ten role, up up front to 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 Giroud, that spine is so strong, um, and and every game there's going to be at least one member of that spine or two members of that, that spine that, that shine through, you know. And I think that's that's something that we've missed in seasons gone by. And I know Wenger is a great um, believer in having a strong spine because you know he obviously he he's a, he's, a, he's a disciple of the of the of the Dutch football. And Dutch football always believed in having a strong spine to your side and then having that flair, you know, to allow the flair players to do as they look will. Look at the
2: Invincibles. We had Lehmann in goal. Mm. And, you know, so, Campbell in you know, and then uh, Vieira in the middle. You know, we it would was, it was just quality all the way through the team. Mm. And obviously we had great wide players as well. But um, no, I completely agree. And also, if you look back to this time last year, I mean, we had Vermaan and Sack at the back who weren't playing very well together. Um, I mean at the midfield when Jack came back and he started playing well I thought if Wilkeshire gets injured or if gets injured we're in so much trouble um, whereas now we have that kind of stability in the middle and if we can deal with three or four injuries in the midfield at a time because we have so much quality mm. um, Giroud is twice the player was a year ago so I think and also I mean Chesney I mean even I don't know four or five months ago people were saying he might never be good enough and mm. I don't still obviously this is a, a relatively short amount of time but he has come on so much I think, um, this season and perhaps... I mean, because everyone keeps talking about Joe Hart at the moment and getting dropped and whether it's a good thing for him. And I think we all we'll remember when Fabianski came in for the game against Munich, played a few more games. Um, Chesney was dropped. Um, when Fabianski was injured, Chesney came back in. And then since then, and especially this season, he's been brilliant. And I think he to have, to have a goalkeeper where... I mean, obviously, he's got the odd clangour in him. And we were lucky, but obviously, against Liverpool when he kicked the ball straight to Sturridge and thankfully it went straight back to him. I mean, that can happen. But um, I think it's great. We finally have a goal. I mean, it feels like, you know, again, touch wood, that he's becoming the goalkeeper we all hoped he would be when he first came into the team.
0: Oh, um,
2: and it's such, a, such an important thing to have a quality goalkeeper yeah. if you want to win titles and Champions yeah. Leagues and things like that.
0: Cool. Uh, Rick, how, how, how far... Do you, I mean, we've got two more games to go in the Champions League now. Um, we're in pole position. So on goal, different games, or games you know, head-to-heads anyway. Um, do you see us going on and grabbing first place? Now is it is it you you think it's definitely ours to lose? You think or or ours to win?
1: Um, you know, it's difficult. We've got Marseille and Napoli to come. I mean, Napoli away. That's like going to be a hell of a game, and and I think the uh, the away support there are going to be significant. Apparently, there's been some kind of rumor going around Twitter. I don't know whether anyone else has heard it that. That we might not actually get any tickets because they might actually have a, a closed stadium because they've been causing a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, well, they came that,
0: down to to London, didn't they? I, th- I think you're talking about the Napoli, the Napoli. Yeah. Napoli, yeah. Well, Na-
1: well, in Napoli versus Marseille mm. um, the other night, there was a lot of trouble caused. So, UEFA mm. apparently looking at that. I'm not even talking about when they when they attacked Highbury Corner mm. a, a, in London. Um, you know, I'm talking about every game that yeah. they've played. Yeah. Um, it seems that the ultras have had a lot of. Problems, mm. and I think that could that could cause a problem because I think we we really go well when we have good support, and the Arsenal away support has always been known as you know fantastic. Mm. um So, are we going to come first? It's a really difficult question. I I don't know. I right now I think we could beat anyone. Honestly, I th- I really mm. do. We're at the top of our game right now, mm. but and I think any Arsenal. You know, would would hate to hear these words. We have that that wonderful thing calling, you know, an international break coming up, mm. and year after the year, we we get injuries from those international breaks, and as we've spoken about, we don't have that depth of squad. So if we get an injury that's picked up, what happens then? Um, but right now, if you told me we're playing Napoli, you know, on Saturday, and then Marseille on Wednesday, I'd say we we we'd come talk to the Champions League mm-hmm. easily.
0: Leah, quickly, how did you see the the, 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 the group panning out?
3: Well, I certainly like our chances. I mean we've definitely put ourselves in the correct position, but you know, going to Napoli is never easy, but as well as we've played on the road this, you know, last I don't know, sixteen matches and now unbeaten. There's no reason that, that you know, you'd expect anything less, really. I mean, we've done it before. We've just beat the uh, defending finalists from last year's competition in their home, you know, a week after they beat us in ours. So, I mean, it could go either way, but the nice thing is, is you know, it's it says it's in our hands. You know, we can we control our own fate. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I see us finishing top. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm confident. You know, I was... Going into this weekend, I said that I'd be happy with, I think, two or three points from the uh, Liverpool-Man U games, and I was predicting a draw on the road, and we've already gotten two wins before we've even gone to Old Trafford. So, yeah, I've uh, I've always been on the downside, and if I think we can get through it, then I don't see any reason why we're not going to finish first.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, Callum, very quickly, how do you see the last two games pang out?
2: I think... I mean, on paper it looks all right because Marseille have been, you know, by far the worst team in the group, and you'd fancy us at home to beat them. Um, one thing I want to say that on a, on the group as a whole is that, I mean, again, touch wood for the third time. If we do come through the group, which I think we we look like we will, um, I think we'll be in such a, a better you know um, frame of mind for the knockout rounds. You know, previously we've always had quite easy groups, you know, being Olympiacos and. Or and, and this doesn't really prepare you for playing your Bayern Munichs and your Barcelonas and your Real Madrid. But you know, if whoever if we get through and whoever we're drawn with in the next round, when I mean, we've beaten Napoli comfortable at our place and we've gone to Dortmund and we've won, we've won. So I think this will this if we can qualify from this group, especially if we finish top, it will set us in such a good stead for whatever comes next in the Champions League. So you know, whilst a lot of people, including myself, at the moment the draw was made, were cursing our luck. It might
0: just work out quite well for us. Yeah, I also think. Yeah, I agree with that. I think what this group has has done is made is is made sure that we can't be complacent about any of the games that we go into. Exactly. Yeah. You know, usually we'd we'd hit top spot and then we'd think, oh, we can go to Sparta Prague or wherever or in Piacas and you know play a second team. We played Squallachi in the last game of the group last year. I can't remember who it was against. I think it was against one of those teams, and and we came a cropper. So I think this this year this group you cannot take any game granted and that's a good thing so that will definitely lead that that will definitely um stand us in good stead for if we and when i'm sure we we, we qualify
3: (laughs) one thing i'd like to add is that Mm. the way that the fixtures play out it kind of works in our favor as well Well, because we've got our home match first so that could possibly put us on 12 points and then napoli's going to be a dead rubber by the time we go to naples exactly so
0: Mm.
2: let's just hope dortmund don't win isn't that if we beat marseille and dortmund fail to win we're through is that not the case it is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then we can just throw on
1: Bender and, and Napoli and see what happens. Yeah, have a good laugh <laughs> and then Bender gets a hat trick
0: and, hey. uh, and he, <laughs> redemption. And guys, well, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> cool. All right. So, okay, that's great.